Praise the name of the Lord. He is worthy to be praised. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, he's worthy to be praised. Thank you for being here on this Wednesday night for a time of prayer and devotion. If you have tithes and offerings, you can drop them off at the offering boxes on the way out tonight. Tonight, I will be bringing forth your devotion. The Lord's laid something in my spirit I want to share with you tonight. And the focus of it, of course, is about prayer. If you see the scripture, I'm going to begin with the scriptures on upon the wall. Very familiar passage of scripture. It says, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. But you have made it a, and I left it blanks. Of course, we know in this particular situation, he said, he filled it in with a den of thieves. But I am so happy that I don't believe he's talking about this church. I think if it was written about us, it would say, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, and you have made it a house of prayer. Over the five years that we've been coming here and putting an emphasis on prayer, I truly believe and confident that we have made this place a house of prayer. And even throughout, not on just Wednesday nights, Throughout all the ministries of the church, from the ladies' prayer meetings to, to all the people that are praying, to you praying daily, we have come to the conclusion that prayer is important and it's the most powerful weapon in our life. So if, we, if we're making it a house of prayer, tonight my, I want to talk about but what is the goal of having a house of prayer. And I hope tonight I can answer that for you, what the goal of this is all about. I want to go to James 5, 13 through 18, and I want to start by reading that scripture to you. It says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. It's the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous man that valeth much. Elijah was a man with nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain in the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Father, I come tonight in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for this privilege to gather in your presence, God. Thank you for the privilege that we have to pray, to be able to communicate with you on a daily basis, God. Thank you for answering prayers. Thank you for showing us through your word the importance of prayer. And how powerful it is to a believer's life. God, tonight, help me, anoint me to be able to continue to express the need and the importance of prayer and what the goal of prayer is. In Jesus' name, I give you praise. Amen. Prayer is one of the dominant themes of Scripture. And as you heard when I read this opening Scripture, it's the dominant, dominant thing in this passage of James. In verses 13 through 18... You read the word pray or prayer in every verse. Establishing for James, prayer is a big deal in life. He believed, as I believe, it's our most powerful weapon. And the greatest privilege God has given us to communicate with our Heavenly Father is prayer. 
It's what causes our relationship with God to continue to grow. It's a privilege we're given by God as believers. And what a privilege that it is to have daily access to the king of the heavens and the earth. But sadly, so many fail to partake of such an honor. I want us to hear tonight why prayer that was so important to James should be important to us. It's, it was important to Daniel in the lion's den. It was important to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. It was important to Elijah on Mount Carmel. And yes, it was even important to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. I could go on and on how important it was to so many then. And then, of course, to the millions of people throughout the years of our history, it was important. Prayer is only important to those who know the importance of it, the power of it, the experiences of it, the results of it. People have been down to their last dime, down to their last breath, down to their last chance, down to their last hope. And they prayed, and what was down to nothing once again became something because God answered their prayers. These people know the importance of prayer to their lives. It's God's desire, it's his will, to show himself strong on your behalf. And God is always for you, and he's never against you. So many people have testimonies of how the Lord, had, had it not been for the Lord on their side, they would have never made it. Let me begin by establishing this truth. God has a conditional will, and God has an unconditional will. God's will is what he determines he wants to happen on earth, even in your life. And it can happen either unconditionally or it can happen conditionally. Now, God's unconditional will is when he determines what will happen in spite of what anyone else does or thinks about it. God's will is not debatable because forever his word is settled in heaven. He's done sealed his plan and he's done put it into motion. It's not conditional for what we or anyone else does. He's done determined it's going to happen. Such as, for some examples, the rapture of the church. It's not a conditional will. It's going to happen. Pouring out his spirit in the last days is not a conditional will. He's done spoke. It's going to happen. And when it's going to happen in the last days, in spite of what me or you or anyone else thinks or believes. It's not conditioned on our actions or our non-actions. It's his determined will. Just like when he said, let there be light. And then the Bible says, and then there was light. Nothing was going to stop it from happening. It was his unconditional will. Didn't nothing have to happen before it could happen. Because he's a sovereign God who sovereignly decided for it to happen. And he made it happen all by himself. He didn't need me. He didn't need you. He didn't need anyone else for it to happen. He made nothing something simply because he wanted to. It was his will. When it came to creation, there wasn't nothing created that he didn't create. His plan, his design, his unconditional will happened. But... God's conditional will, is what we really need to pay attention to tonight, is different. There are some things God wants to happen, but they are conditional whether they do or they don't. There are many things he has decided to not let happen 
until he gets cooperation from us here on earth. This is where we come into the per picture perfect plan. And the importance of prayer is established. There are many things he has decided he will not release from heaven into history until there's human cooperation with his desire and his design. In other words, unless conditions are met. For example, the Bible says that God desires all men to be saved and that none should perish. Yet men only get saved when they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and give their hearts to him. So he has a will for mankind kind that is tied to a condition. If I'm willing to accept Jesus Christ as the Son of God, as my Lord and my Savior, then guess what? I shall be saved. Many things in my life and your life are tied to God's conditional will for our lives. So things can happen or don't happen based upon solely God's decision by our, our cooperation or our lack thereof. That's why so many things that should be happening and God's will for your life aren't happening is because you're not cooperating. You're not meeting the conditions of his will for your life. God says, if you'll do this, then I will do this. One of the primary mechanisms that God has established to determine much of what he does on earth and in your life and in my life is conditioned by the absence or the presence of prayer. Now, knowing this, you should start seeing the importance of prayers and you praying. A lot of what you need in your life we could have if we cooperate with God and meet the conditions necessary for him to will it to us. Matthew 21, 22, Jesus says, And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. See, the conditions are you have to ask in prayer. And the other condition is you have to believe God can do it. You, ask, you have to ask for all things in prayer. In chapter 4, verse 2, James says, you do, not, you do not have because you do not ask. Saying you haven't even prayed about it. He's saying you don't have what you need because it's conditional. You have to ask for it, but you haven't. And you haven't prayed because you probably don't believe God can do it. It's also conditional how and why you ask for what you want. Because verse 3 goes on to say, James says, you ask and do not receive, he says, because you ask amiss. Another word with wrong motives. He says, you ask for things so you can spend it on your pleasures. And God is saying, I wanted to give it to you, but you never came to me and you never asked for it. How many of you want your child to come in and go to your wallet and just take out $20 without, without asking you for it? I bet the majority of us would be furious with them. If, he, if he's going to get money, there are conditions to be met before he gets it, correct? First of all, he needed to ask for it. You had the money when all he had to do was ask you for it, once again, a condition, right? And two, as if he got it or not, would be based upon what he needed it for. Once again, a condition, right? And if it was necessary, needful for them, you'd probably just release it to them. But what if they asked for $20 to buy something foolish or wasteful, 
because of what they asked for, you wouldn't give it to them. It wasn't that you wouldn't give them money. You had it if they needed it, but you weren't going to give it to them for foolish spending. And so it is with God. He wants us to ask him, and if it's truly needful for our lives, he will give us what we ask for to us. If it's foolish living, he won't. Not because you don't want to give to us, but because you ask for it with wrong motives. Like, God, I need a new bass boat so I can go spend every Sunday out on the lake and never come to church again. Probably not going to happen. But how about God? I'm doing all I can do to pay the bills. I'm working two jobs. I'm out of money, and my kids are hungry. Hold on. Help from heaven is on the way, church. See, you have not from God because you ask not through prayer. It's how his conditional will works. All too often, God is the last one many times we ask for help. It's usually when we've exhausted all of our human ability and our earthly resources. When it's his desire to give good gifts to those who ask him. Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, we have a lot of needs, but there are things we truly need that are needful for our lives, for our survival, and for our protection. He says he'll supply your need. He didn't say all your needs. Matthew 6 and 8 says, Your father knows what things you have need of before you even ask. Folks, he just wants you to ask for it through prayer. And by asking for it through prayer shows your dependence upon him. God wants us to be dependent on him, not the government. Why? So it warrants a relationship with him. As in any relationship, there's always dependency involved. I can remember raising my kids, and I'd see where perhaps Caleb would need something for school. And I'd say to Joyce, I've seen where Caleb needs $25 to pay his sports fee for soccer. Has he asked you for it yet? And she'd say, no. Of course, I would say, I guess he don't need it that bad then. Am I the only one that approached it that way? I had the money. I knew he needed it. But I wanted him to ask for it. I wanted him to cooperate with me to do his part. And he would on the very last day it was due at the very last hour. Oh, Dad, by the way, I have $25 due today. If not, I don't get to play. Don't all kids do it that way? It's the same way with God and his children when they don't ask through prayer. God says it wasn't because I didn't want to give it to you. It's because you didn't cooperate with me to get it. Because it was part of my conditional will for your life. God promises at times are conditional on human cooperation with him. Before every promise you find the word if. Meaning it's conditional. And God is saying if you do this then I will do that. Such as if my people which are called by my name. Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Do you see the conditions? He says, if you'll do that, then he says, then I will hear from heaven and forgive your sins and heal your land. Folks, all it takes is cooperating with God for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, meeting the conditions of his promises. And the most prominent thing to do to receive from God is to pray and ask for him, believing 
that he can do it if my people will pray. See, prayer is a relational communication with God. And the goal of prayer is to draw from heaven the things of God to earth, his will, his promises, his blessings, his protection, his provisions. The goal of prayer is to get God involved in our current time and conditions on this earth. For heaven to invade history. It is, it is to make the things of the kingdom of heaven visible here on earth. The goal of prayer is to get God to touch humanity and our needs. The goal of prayer is to get God to change something or fix something down here from up there. When we pray, we're asking God to release his will for our lives from heaven to earth. You're saying, God, I'm willing to cooperate with your conditional will, whatever it may be. Problem is, we don't always know what conditional or if it's unconditional. Some things are clear, other things are not so clear. So that's why Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, you better pray without ceasing. In other words, you better bring everything to God. You don't want to miss nothing. Bring everything to God through prayer and supplication. Prayer is to be a lifestyle, not an event or always a pre-organized program. It's great that we come faithfully to Wednesday nights to pray. But if it's the only time we pray, then it's more of an event thing than a lifestyle. It's not operating through relationship. It's operating more out of tradition or religious practices. You know, I do this because this is just what we do on Wednesdays. You know, if you are told to breathe without ceasing, I think you would understand that very clearly. Because you know when you cease to breathe, what happens? You die physically. Well, you need to also understand when you cease to pray, you die spiritually. It has to be a part of your life for your life to live victoriously, to defeat your enemy and the wiles of the devil. When you want to travel into a new country, they're going to ask you for a passport. It's to give you permission to enter into this new realm, this new country. It's permission to go. If you understand that, then we should understand this. God has given every believer a passport, permission to enter into the spheres of heaven, to come boldly before the throne room of grace and make their petitions known to God through the mechanism of prayer. Prayer is the passport, the permission to enter into this heavenly realm. Prayer is not just saying some words. It's actually changing locations. Because sometimes when we pray, do we really understand who we're talking to? Do we really know who is on the other end of this conversation you're having? Do you recognize you got through to the King of Kings and through the Lord of Lords? And you now have his ear and his undivided attention. Do you believe that is actually happening when you pray? That's why I said whatsoever you believe, say, ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. If you don't believe that, who you're really talking to, then you really don't believe he's going to answer you. Because the God I pray to has declared to me in his word he is a God who answers prayer. Before I even ask, he knows my need. 
He knows what I'm talking about. And now that I'm cooperating with his will for my life by praying for his will in my life, he will release it on earth because I asked for it, because I needed it, because it was his will for my life. Somebody, please get a hold of that tonight. It will change your whole perspective on prayer and the importance of it. That's why you got to pray for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So often we never pray for his will to be done. We always ask for our will. The difference is his will is a perfect will for our lives. When you pray fervently, you now enter from physical realm into the spiritual realm. Because without prayer, you're limited to the physical realm. But then when we get the spiritual things, we get to the spiritual things where we're praying, then we're entering into the, the spiritual heavens. And then when we get to spiritual things to enter into the physical situations by doing that. Prayer does not get God to do something he doesn't want to do. You can't make God do something that he does not want to do. What prayer does, it accesses what he wants to do. That which he has conditioned based upon your participation and cooperation for your life. Such as it's his desire to show himself strong on your behalf. Such as he wants you to be in good health and prosper as your soul prospers. Remember, he wants to supply your need, not your wants. I love Isaiah 65, verse 24. God says, before you called, I've answered. So you're not calling on God to get something he ain't got. You're calling on God to release what he has already predetermined he will do in your situation for your need. So what you need is sitting there in heaven waiting for you to ask God for it. Come on, somebody. So can you by now see the importance of prayer and you praying and why it's so important that you do pray? To ask God for what he's done, predetermine what he wants to do for your life. And what is that? His word is full of many promises of his will for your life and for this life here on earth. Some of his wills are unconditional. It's done settled. Read the book. There are things that are going to happen that you cannot change it. There's an end to all things coming. There's a tribulation coming. But there's also Jesus Christ is coming like he said he would. It's God's will for this earth. It's unconditional. It's all going to happen when he says for it to happen. But there is also his conditional will for our lives. That involves human cooperation some things that he had willed for many people's lives sadly will never come true because they didn't meet the conditions of his will for their lives. There's going to be callings and promises simply laying by the wayside. I've always had this imagination. It's nothing but imagination of getting to heaven, seeing this big old storeroom in heaven, huge. And I asked, what is this? Oh, this? Oh, this is just the blessings and the callings that I had from people who never asked for them. How sad that would be. I don't know about you, but I want everything that God has got for me.
I want his will for my life to be accomplished. And by me cooperating with him through prayer and praying and asking him for his will to be done in my life, God will begin to release his will for my life here on earth. So tonight, I'm going to ask you, or perhaps maybe even challenge you to come and pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, but specifically pray for God's will to be done in your life. And make a commitment to God through prayer tonight that you'll do whatever he asks you to do so that his will might be done through you on this earth before you ever leave here. I bet many have never really prayed for God's will for their life to be accomplished in them, nor have they maybe made a commitment to him to do his will. Most often, if we'll be honest, we've all always prayed for our will, what we're wanting to get done. And perhaps it might not even be God's will. We must pray for God's will, and then when we do, God will release his will for your life here on earth. And you'll receive those things which he has promised you. God has already answered your call. So when you pray, you're simply asking God to release his promises to you for whatever situation you're in or whatever situation you're going through. So what is the goal of having a house of prayer? It's so that it can be a place where God is able to release his will in people's lives through the spiritual mechanism of prayer. This is how important prayer is to my life and to your life. Would you stand? I'm going to ask you if you'd come and find you a place to pray or if you're comfortable praying where you're at, that's fine too. But let me at least ask you to do one thing specifically. Pray for God's will for your life tonight. Ask him for it. Ask him to release his will upon your life. And when you do that night, tonight, you're beginning to cooperate with him through prayer so that his will may be accomplished because he'll let you know what it is. Would you find a place to pray? Danny, if you would turn music on.